Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing centering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by a guy who, after this past week, is now counting days to uh, training camp for the Ravens, the button lever, Josh Sroka. Did I miss something? Did something exciting happen for the Ravens this week? No, I, I mean, just, I, I know the it was Orioles had a rough couple of days. The Orioles had a rough couple. Oh, of it days. was it was definitely a rough. It was definitely a rough weekend for the O's. Um, a little ALCS preview maybe with the Rangers in town, but a nice yeah. uh, nice loss today to cap it off. To yeah, cap off the crap weekend. Yeah, uh, the loss on top of the loss today, a double loss. We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, Judge, yeah. why don't you know how in your house you can set your house temperature? Yeah, a thermostat t- type idea, uh-huh. and and same in your car. Why don't they have these? It's really hard for me to get the right temperature in the shower. Yeah. A thermostat t- type idea, uh-huh. and and same in your car. Why don't they have these? It's really hard for me to get the right temperature in the shower. Yeah. A thermostat t- type in the, idea in the shower, uh-huh. and and same in your car. Why is that? Was that repeating on my end or, or uh, on both of our ends? I um, I clicked on a thing and Facebook opened up and started going crazy. Okay, so I was just so listening if, to Facebook of myself. Yeah, so if that's on the recording, I apologize. That was on okay. me. Uh, or, or maybe it wasn't recording. It was just on on me. There was just a silence at that time. Right, that's like in, 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 I, I was listening to Coast to Coast, and they and they uh, Art Bell always says, "Turn off your radio. Turn off your radio." That's what I felt like, like calling into oh, a radio show and hearing the. I've uh, got a new podcast for you. If you want to just skip all this Orioles talk. Yeah. Well, I was talking with Shower Talk to open, but so yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, Shower Talk is rich people have that feature. You just do, do they? You can set your temperature. So, like, when I wake up, I can say I want the temperature to be eighty nine degrees, yeah. and I just step yeah. in there. It's eighty nine. Yes. Oh, it's just a it's just a social class thing. I don't have it. Okay, yeah, that's a social class. I or thought I invented something old. right now in my head, but I didn't invent no. it. It's already been invented. All right. No. Nope. Yep. That's already out there. Okay. Uh, but hey, podcast talk because you brought up coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you subscribe to Weaponized? Oh no! With Jeremy Cor- Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. Oh, I'm very familiar with George Knapp. All right. Do you know who Jeremy Corbell is? I don't know who Jerry Corbell is. He's the Jeremy Corbell is the guy who got um. Ah, uh, what's his name? Lazone Lazan. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm blank. Lazaro or something. Yeah. Cordell is uh, who got Lazaro to talk and work with him and do a whole documentary about. Okay. Time. Yeah. So Nap goes way back with him. Right. Nap, Nap was the first way person back. to break that story. And then this guy, right? This guy is the guy that made the documentary and some movies, and they're together now doing a podcast. Yeah. So weaponized. You should definitely check that out. All right. I don't know. I struggle with how much to get into the UFO stuff. I like listening to old Coast Coast episodes, but I feel like like I started for a while ago, I started following everyone on Twitter that was in the UFOs. Yeah. And then I found out there was this huge division 
like John Greenwald has this thing called the Black Vault. I don't know if you heard about it, but he goes at it all the time with George Knapp. And there was like all this drama and people question other people's stories. And I was like, I can't invest enough time and energy to get involved in all of this drama. So and I feel like with UFOs, everything. it's hard to just dabble in because I don't know how much energy to spend. On I don't stuff. I don't go that deep in, but yeah. I'll tell you, it's better than dabbling in politics or anything else in the world. Oh, I, I agree. That's why I usually stick with, with sports. But right. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. All right. But so. Yeah. For the uh, UFO interest uh, or people, who got excited, you know, we had another UFO site in what that was made public this past week. Oh, really? I wasn't yeah. even. Uh, Oh yeah! It apparently, it happened like six months ago, but it, it was made public this week. Okay. So, yeah, no, I can't even listen in to all the podcasts that I, I just subscribe to too many. I and, and they the get thing. pushed to the end, so now I just listen to like three, and yes. the other ones kind of stack up in the end, but they never even show up in my like one to list because I, you know, I do the I don't same know the order of it because I, I used to be in my car a lot. Now I work at home a lot, so I don't listen as much. And I do. I find out like every few days I'm like, delete, 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 because there's too much stuff in my podcast feed. Yeah. yeah I got some that are daily podcasts and they take up a lot of time and a couple that are like three hours long. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what that's the problem. You need to stick to once or twice a week. Give me an hour. That's I don't have time for the other stuff. I don't have time for the daily three hours. I don't have time. Uh, for, like Joe Rogan. I love you, dude. I don't have time for you. I, Joe Rogan is based on his guests. Yeah. Is, how, is how much time I'll commit to it. Yeah, I have a few podcasts that are that way. I look at the topic or the guest and then decide. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some Orioles talk. I, Judge, when does things go south? Was it that the Rock Kubako hacked laptop? Is that when the wheels start to fall off? No, it's so, when we it's when we put on the new jerseys. Oh, it's the City Connect jerseys. It's the City Connect jerseys that that Josh will criticize, and then now he's wearing the hat. Oh, and I, I'm wearing the hat. I'm wearing the socks for my softball game tomorrow night. I like the City Connects. Yeah, I, I've turned on the City Connects. I like them. I think they look good. That's not going to stop me from making my own version, and people are happy about that. Yeah, mixed feelings. The <laughs> yes, but mixed feelings on Twitter. Good feelings on the number of people that click the buy button hey. over on BirdlandSports.com. And that's and what I, matters. I take your opinion. If you press that buy button. I value that opinion way more than some made-up Twitter name. Yeah, that's uh, John Angelos was laughing at all the criticisms of the City Connect jersey as he watched lines wrap around the block for people to buy the City Connect jerseys. Yes, John Angelos is going to laugh to the bank to cash that check. Correct. So yeah, you can criticize all you want, but you can and, and that, but, yeah. but that's the thing too that always makes me laugh is you could talk about the Orioles and stuff and no one, you know, the, the response is tepid. And then you talk, you throw in a shirt and put it on Twitter and everyone gets fired up. <laughs> I don't know why you care so much, but whatever. I don't um, know. The, but, but, you know, we, this is, I feel like the worst week of the season doing the podcast, as far as how we're feeling about the Orioles. And this we, is coming off it's the of first. It's the first week of this season where between episodes of podcasts, we lost more games than we won. Is that true? Yes, that is true. All right, listen, we took two out of three from the Yankees. Which was we- great. Outstanding going Toronto, New York. Outstanding. At Living New York, high. We yeah. went to Toronto and swept them with no easy task. Then we went to New York and took two out of three. Yes. Amazing. In some amazing games, too. Like, come comeback wins. Right. And that... 
what was it an eight inning eighth inning or something ridiculous um on on that wednesday and then we come back home we feel we were feeling ourselves a little bit come back home after taking care of business against yep. al east uh, the rangers the are back. no joke though the rangers are no joke no the rangers are no joke um but also our pitching was fine our pitching was okay it, yeah. I did not expect the bats to be what caught off this weekend. The Rangers have like the top offense in baseball. I expected our pitching to struggle. And I feel yeah. like this, and this, it wasn't this weekend. The pitching was okay. It was solid. The oh, pitch was bad on Friday. We have 12 runs. Okay. I don't know. Not solid about 12. All runs. right. Fine. Friday was bad. Yeah. But Saturday, you give up five Saturday. Sunday, only two. So yeah, seven and, runs the next two days. Uh, you'll, you'll take well, and even trade. Monday, Monday rolling into Cleveland, Wells went six innings, one run. Wells is great. Wells is really good. So and then I and mean, even 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 um and we can break down. I mean the the loss even, on Saturday, the loss on Saturday was a winnable game. Um, it was just didn't go our way. Right. On, and th- this game today, when Cena C- Perez came in and Mike Bauman came in. It was like single to a single pass Frazier, single pass Frazier, single pass Frazier, uh, hit to Frazier, bad throw home. It wasn't like they were hitting the ball very hard. It's just you know the ball well, even finding the hole, finding the hole, finding the hole. It was like a, it was like everything went wrong this weekend because even Friday, yeah. like Rodriguez does what Rodriguez does, and he gave up a couple home runs. But then that that uh, fourth inning where they scored eight runs, there was an easy double play ball hit to Mateo. That he muffed. And then they scored all those runs. Right. Where it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong with this series. But I think also it's one of those things that, all right, this is a young team. We knew May was going to be tough. We're still coming out on top through May. And they're just going to have to learn from this. And hopefully Mike Elias learns as well that, hey, I need to reexamine some things and find some holes for some reinforcements. Hey, um, yeah, like no team grows through the entire year without some adversity. So this is not this is not run and go cry. This is a little adversity. There's two big things we need to get to: Grayson and Cedric that we're going to need to get to in this episode. But but this is, uh, I think, yes. the first big test of adversity that this team is facing, and we'll see how they respond. Right, and and the, the key is getting those bats back tomorrow. Because we don't want to be in a situation where, like Toronto, after after we swept Toronto, they had to have they had a closed door team meeting because it's gotten so messy up there. We're not close to that. We're still 14 games above 500, and we made it through May, which we said was going to be tough. We said the goal for May would be 500 to get through May, and we did that. We're above 500 getting through May. Yeah, I mean, I think we're on pace to win 102 games this year. How's that sound? Uh, 102 games. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, where second, that's where we're at. So that's, that's where we're at. Second winning, second winning month in a row. Yeah. And and we we said, listen, like, I said the, this last the sky week, is not falling. There's going to be times where we lose series. Like this is just yes. part of baseball. There's going to be times right. where we lose three in a row. This is part of baseball. Right. It sucks I, I, that it was coming home uh, to some okay. good crowds. Yeah. But but we battled through a, a tough road trip and got through it. So it's okay. Yeah, there's this is not no need to panic yet. Um, I think 
the the combined of of losing Cedric is is also the added to to the loss. So that's yeah, but and that's uh, I think causing some of the panic is not just a loss, but but the injury. Cedric. Yeah, and we don't um, know how long. All right, so Cedric today in today's game in what the seventh or eighth inning, right? Yeah, late in the he game. pulled up on the bag and got hurt. A, a and, groin strain, they're calling it. Right, which means we don't know how long. I've heard people guesstimate two weeks to four months. <laughs> All right, that sounds about right. <laughs> Depending that on the severity right. of the strain, obviously. Right, which I assume they're going to do an MRI tomorrow right. and no more. Right. But either way, it's probably a trip to the IL for Cedric Mullins. We have talked about how uh, lucky this team has been so far this season on the injury front. Yep. And then, so and then this, yeah. And then we also, we also need to get to the John Means, John Means setback as well. Right. John but, Means was a setback as well. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. But let's first deal um, with Cedric. Yeah. All right. Can I, um, can I ask, will something positive come out of this? Oh, potentially. Do you think Michael Elias has, mm, what's the word? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different word besides, does Michael Elias have the balls? To bring up Colton Kowser. Cajones. Yeah. Um, to, to do what? To play, to play in the outfield. To play every day in this outfield. Who? Colton Kowser. Oh. The thing is, this is reminds me a little bit of the Grayson Rodriguez thing last year. In that Colton, Grayson Rodriguez was pitching really well. And it was his turn to come up, and he had that right. injury right before he caught him. And so the same with Colton Cowser. Colton Cowser is currently on the IL. Like Colton oh, Cowser, I didn't know he was on the IL. Yes, he is with quad discomfort. Now, three days ago, Mike Elias did a press conference, a much ballyhooed press conference, <laughs> that that it was announced that John Means was having a setback. Yeah. Where someone teased on Twitter, "Hey, Michael Elias will will make a statement at four forty-five. Yeah, as if this wasn't normal. Twitter to go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So you're right. But, Colton Kowser is still in the IL, and so is Kyle Stowers. Right. It's Kyle Stowers is too. But right. so that's a problem. Of, in terms of Colton Kowser, yeah, it's a problem. In terms of Colton Kowser, Michael Elias did say it's going to be a, a matter of days, not weeks. So, like potentially. Right. Colton Cowser yeah. could be here as early as so, sometime this week. So maybe get through this series with Hayes, McKenna, and McKenna playing center field. Yeah, you got an off day one on Thursday. Do you bring Cowser straight from the IL up, or do you want to make sure he can still hit in AAA, or do you think he showed enough before being hurt that you're like, just come on up? I, I, I mean, you got batting cages. I think cut just – I would I would just say cut I would, come on up. I would you don't think forget how to hit in seven up. days. Uh, it's not like a month injury. It's been like no. a week. So, but but let's let's say because you never because cold Cowser's quad tightness. Quads are tricky. Quads are tricky injuries where right. it take a day. Could I mean? And Michael Elias was like, it's a matter of days, but it, it's not like it's a matter of two days or four days. You just don't know. Right. Um. So, I, I agree that cold Cowser is the answer. Hopefully, Michael Elias agrees. Right. I wish <laughs> I wish Colton was in a way that. Right, the the injury is a setback, yeah. but I think with with Stowers you can't with with Stowers on the IL that kind of helps the cower. Yeah, uh, there's no one else on that in down in Norfolk you'd want to bring up. No, there is someone at Bowie you could bring up. I just throw that <laughs> I, out there. I, 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 all right. You want to go there? All right, all right, all right. Can you bring up Heston? 
I, I don't think Thoros will. You can. He's not I mean, on the. He's not on the forty man. Yeah, is he's Colton got, on the forty man? Oh, I, I don't think so. All right, so I you're gonna have to make a move regardless. Yeah, then you're gonna have to make a move regardless. Um, hopefully, Sergio Mons is in a, a sixty day DL where you can, you know, that opens up. No, spot, no, no, so. no. Hopefully, that's not but, a situation. But when you look at it, Kerstead, you're gonna want on the you. you Kerstead has to be on the forty man by the end of the year. And the way sure. he's playing, he's going to force his way on there. We hope so. Um, who do you dump on this? Does the John Means setback? Well, buy you more time. No, I don't know. I don't think it does. But, 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 but I mean, you, and we can talk about who to dump. But because it's the same argument, with Colton Kowser, and it's the same argument. What, 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 what if you did Jordan Westberg? Um, that, that could be another answer is to bring up Jordan Westberg. I thought Westberg was an infielder. He is. But it's <laughs> then what are you talking about? Josh. How does bringing Jordan Westberg up help me out in center field? I, it's not hard, Josh. It's not hard. Players can move around. Jordan Westberg can play second base. Adam Frazier moves to left field oh, or right field. And Hayes shifts over to center field. And then Santander on the other side. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. I'll give you that. Also... Um, I, what I actually kind of would like to see because I think it'd be fun is Mateo has experience playing the outfield. He's played all outfield positions, <laughs> played several games. At <laughs> I want Mateo to be I, our new center fielder, to be honest. I, I, I like the idea of Mateo. I like the idea of, hey, your head screwed up at the plate, so let's get you something else to think about. I think it's a little weird. This is a separate discussion, but I How think it's he a little weird. fell apart? No, that... That's not weird at all. I mean, he's regressing to what he normally was. What's weird to me is we have so many young, talented middle infielders. I hear all the time about yes. all our talented middle infielders. Josh, who plays shortstop at the second base? Who plays the middle infield every day for the Orioles? Mateo and Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. interesting. Oh, did I lose you? I think we lost Matt. Hopefully Matt comes back. Hopefully it's not me that got knocked out. Um, I'm seeing RL Topper is saying Westberg can play left field. I I'd have to go back and check, but I mean again, it's like Matt was saying with these are professional ball players and you can move them around. Mateo needs to go to double A. I don't know what good that would do for Mateo. Mateo was on fire for the month of April. And then he had a really bad May. I don't think triple. I don't think double A will open anything up for him. And I don't think that triple A has room for him to play every day. So uh, let's see. I did lose Matt. Uh, so just hop on in on the chat and let's keep the talk go conversation going until Matt comes back. Let me figure out how to turn off the screen so. You can actually see me, and I don't. I can. I mean, I could just lean like this, and that way I'm tucked into the corner. I'm just looking at the forty man, and it's full, but there's definitely stuff on there. Uh, let's see, Topper, you're saying Elias said he was going to have Westberg play the outfield to get some reps. The Mateo comment was a joke, but something's got to give with him. Super utility role. Let Ortiz get the playing time. This this. The bench of the the current Orioles bench confuses me all of the time because Ortiz goes up and down. Yet Ryan O'Hearn's on here. I don't see I, Ryan O'Hearn's left-handed, 
Is that the reason he's on here? Because he bats and throws left-handed? I don't understand um, what he would be doing here. I'm looking. Uh, Urias is on the 40-man. So we want to keep that. So 40-man outfielders. Yeah, we have Kyle Stowers and Taryn Bavra. I would be okay with moving either of them off the 40-man in order to make room for Westberg and or Kerstead and or Kowser. Uh, for infielders, we got Frazier, Henderson, Mateo, Mountcastle, O'Hearn, Ortiz, Urias. I'd be fine with O'Hearn getting knocked off that list. Frazier surprised me this year. So I'm, I'm very happy with Frazier at second base. Then on the... Uh, when we go over to pitching, it gets a little tricky because there's a lot of pitchers on this 40-man, and I don't know which one you can move. We got Aiken, Baker, Bauman, Batista, Bradish. Hey, Matt's coming back. Hey, yeah. what what happened to you? I don't know. There was a snap, snap, crackle, pop on my computer, then the screen went blank. Awesome. I was just uh, talking with uh, R.L. Topper, who was saying that oh, Westbrook can taking play. over for me? Well, he was saying that Westfield can play in left field. Westbrook, and yeah. and that uh, Elias mentioned he was going to wanted Westbrook to get some playing time in the outfield. So I was looking at these forty mans, and how do we make room for Westbrook, Kowser, uh, Kerstead? Because at some point this year, you would think all three of those guys are going to work their way up here. Right. If it doesn't happen now, it'll happen later. Right. And I see the the obvious ones are Taryn Varvra. And uh, Ryan O'Hearn, because these are guys that are more not set in this position, guys that are going to get pumped out. Right. But Josh, aren't there some pitchers? I was looking over the pitchers. The pitchers gets tricky. Here's the pitchers list on the 40 man. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Aiken. You're not going to dump him. I guess not. All right. Well, here, you tell me, is this a candidate to get to get released? Aiken. Uh, doubtful. Baker. No. Bauman. No. Batista. No. Bradish. No. Cano. No. Kalam. No. Gibson. Uh, no. Givens. Uh, how he's pitching lately, maybe. But Kramer. I would say doubtful. Kramer. Uh, no. Perez. No. Uh, Dylan Tate. No, though Aspen. though he might at some point go to the IL sixty, the sixty right. IL. He could he could move. Yeah. Yes. Austin Voth. No. Tyler Wells. No. All right. Th- those are all the major league roster guys. Right. Right. Just, so here's the minor. Here's the minor yeah. leagues. Yeah, here, here's I'm, I'm setting standing. you up. All right. I'm going to DFA some guys right now. Go ahead. All right. Ready? Noah Denoyer. Uh, he's a young guy. I think you want to keep him. Yeah. Logan Gillespie. Yeah, he, you can DFA him. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna DFA Logan Gillespie. He's he's yeah he's done. He probably won't be picked up by anybody else either. Yeah, but he's DFA. DL Hall. Uh, no. Cole Irvin. No. Seth Johnson. No, he's the guy we got back in the trade, uh, and yes. he's come back from injury, and he has a lot of promise. He's young. John um, means so no. Uh, he's on the sixty day DL, so no. Oh, but if he wasn't, then maybe. No, yeah, he's he's a no. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, no, we can talk about him later, but no. Right. Drew Rahm. No. Nick Besby. 
Ooh, um, no. Guy that keeps getting called up. Yeah, I would say doubtful for Nick Bestby. Doubtful. Spencer Watkins. Mm. Uh, at some at some point, Josh, we need to upgrade our starters. This yes. is a separate discussion. So we the question is now. No, the question is about some of these starters if they can be pen guys. Yeah, I mean Spencer Watkins. There, there was just an article written by him about him, not by him, um, <laughs> which was by him <laughs> coming off injury and that he still stuff the club. He's he is a rotation depth piece that I think you need to have. So I would say doubtful to Spencer Watkins. I right, Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, I would say a maybe. Like he he's a guy you could part with. I think. I, th- I think Bruce. To. I think Bruce is is the guy you could cut in there. I uh, think, and you said Gillespie. Gillespie, I think Denoyer maybe. I don't know much about him. Okay, Zimmer, but Zimmerman and and now, Gillespie are the right the pitching. Side. So now do you see why I was focused on Vavra and uh, O'Hearn? Yeah, I mean Vavra. Vavra is not being removed from the forty man. I don't think I don't see that's happening. Um, why? Because he's a left-handed bat. Yeah, and because I mean he's already proved so useful. Someone else will pick him up in a heartbeat. Um, and I think he's so then like he's a great utility guy. He can play so many different areas and, and help you, and he's a good contact guy, and he's then, young still. I but in that case, me. I don't know if you're bringing anyone up. Or if you're right. gonna say, all right, if you're gonna go with your scenario of either uh uh Varvara in the outfield or Fraser or Mateo and adjust that way. Yeah. So my view is if I was in charge of the world, I think O'Hearn is pretty limited in what he does. Yeah. He's, he's been clutch a O'Hearn, little bit. O'Hearn, he's is here, O'Hearn is here because he's a left handed first baseman. And that's another thing, Josh. The Cedric Mullins is a lefty. Right. All, all of a sudden, if you move Hayes to center, which we can talk about this, I don't know if that's a great idea because Hayes is not great defensively and left. I don't know how great I'll be in center. No, I think McKenna goes to center. So McKenna's an everyday player now? But, I think McKenna gets his shot. Yes. But that's that's again, Josh, replacing another lefty with a righty because McKenna's right. a righty, Hayes is a righty. So it's taking a lefty out of the lineup. And so maybe a guy like Vavre becomes more important because he's another lefty that can play in the infield and the outfield. Right. And But that's where I just don't like Hayes in center. Okay, fine. I don't either. So I think another possibility, and I, this I think this is most likely. This is the most likely thing that will happen. And we haven't even mentioned it. Okay. Um, and that's that they call up Joey Ortiz, who's been you know on the Norfolk shuttle all year. We call up Joey Ortiz. Right. And we play around with it for a little bit, right? Like what, I don't what, think, is, what does play around with Joey Ortiz mean? You put a well, hand I, on the I think we play around with who's center. So I think okay. I think Ryan McKenna gets a start in center. I think it's possible Austin Hayes gets a start in center. Um, I think I wonder about Colton Cowser, right? If Colton Cowser really is a couple of days away, do you put McKenna in there for a couple of days? Um, but until Sowers is re- until I'm um, sorry, Cow is ready. I just can't envision a world where McKenna starts every day for two weeks. I, I can't envision that happening. That McKenna becomes an everyday center fielder for two weeks. But I also like don't like the idea of Austin Hayes out there either. So I this is it's a tricky tricky situation here. No, um, it is. It's the one, and it's it's taken away a, a guy who's been having a great year. 
So it's definitely hurts. We're not even, yeah, that's a whole separate thing, right? The right. production's going to drop. If McKenna's there, it's a drop in production. Yes. If Ortiz is there in the lineup instead of Mullins, I like Anyone. Ortiz, but it's a drop in production. Who, all right, no Mullins, who's your leadoff batter? Who sets the stage now? I, I mean, it's interesting. Um, Austin Hayes leads the team in batting average. If you care about that, he, he puts the ball in play. Adam Frazier. Didn't Adam Frazier bat leadoff the other day against a right-handed he did. pitcher? He did. Um, he, he makes contact all the time. Um, I, I think about speed guys. You don't want to go with Mateo. <laughs> That's not the non-starter there. All right. Um, Can I make the suggestion? Yeah, sure. Who do you think should lead off? I would get. I would try out, and he's he's not doesn't have the best batting average right now. But I would try out Gunner because he sees more pitches than anyone. So you put him up there to see to see the most pitches. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. He's pitches, he gets on base. Lately. He's been hitting the ball hard, but really, it's about getting that pitch count up and seeing those pitches. So that'll help the guys behind him. You see yeah. five, six, seven pitches to to Gunner, and that'll help out Adley, Santander, Hayes, whoever's coming up behind him. No, I, I think that's I think it's a good suggestion. Um, Josh, do, do you know why? I, Gunner Day to the Gunner doesn't seem to play every single day like an Adam Frazier does. Can you explain that to me? Uh, just because he's been struggling, he wasn't a, he wasn't every day guy. Okay, and it's just a struggle. Okay, um, I mean I think he should be in there every single day. I mean I I think over over Frazier, I want to see Gunner Henderson, but that's just that's just me. And um, I think he has played. I, I'm trying to pull up. I think he's played most games um yeah so if we're, i mean and that's just a side a side note there it's not it's not it's not a big deal um but if we're looking at options again just to recap this gunner has played in 48 games okay yeah out of uh out of 54 okay but is that played in is that started uh, the stat I'm pulling up is just played in. So I see okay. what you're saying. He might have came in late, pinch runner, stuff like that. Um, Ryan Mountcastle has played in 54 games. He's played in every game. Yeah. Adam Frazier, how many games has he played in? Uh, I, I pulled it up, by the way. Gunnar Henderson has played in 30. He started 33 games. Okay. All right. See, I just got played. I just pulled up the played in stats because uh, I don't know yeah. how these stats work. Because I see okay. Frazier played in 53, Mullins 53, Adley 53, Santander 50, Hayes 49, and then Gunner 48. I'm just I'm just saying, and I, I, I'm a fan of Adam Frazier. I think he's a good addition to, to I think the team. Adam Frazier's been a huge surprise and something I didn't expect this year. So I'm all for Adam Frazier. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I just wonder... Like Adam Frazier this year started 42 games and Gunner started 33 games. I think that's, I, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't I like, I think it should be flipped. But let's get back to the center field discussion. So let's just recap this. Who okay. can play center field in the orbs? McKenna. McKenna. Hayes. Maybe Hayes. I mean, Hayes, yes, he can. Yes. Those I two think... guys both have played center field for the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, I think McKenna is a better center fielder than Hayes. Yes. I, I think that's true. Yeah, Hayes has the hottest bat. 
but McKenna has better defensive numbers. Yeah, offensively, yeah, the Boston Red Sox drop aside. Austin Hayes is better offensively. McKenna's better defensively. Yes. Is that it? I mentioned Mateo as kind of an outsider. He's done it before. I, I got to look up these stats of when Mateo has done it before because he did not. He has not done it for the Orioles. Can I make an argument for why I like Mateo at at center? I, of I, course. He's done. He's played second. I think he's played maybe a few innings at third. He's played left and right center. I think you, you have to go back to San Diego. He played center at San Diego when he played for San Diego. All right. For a handful of games. In March, Mateo did play center field for the Orioles. Oh, he did? Okay. And the great, you know, spring training. Grapefruit, yeah. Grapefruit. In the sixth inning, they moved Mateo from shortstop uh, to uh, to center field. I mean, the reason I like him in center. And then he also got a start at center field. All right. So, Mateo, I would list Mateo as a guy we're going to, we'll put in center field this week. Right. I mean, I think the argument is, and you brought it up, like he's struggling to play. You don't want to mess with him with giving him, but he's done it before. Well, and it's, it's not even messing with him. You're struggling at the plate. Let's shake it up. If you were doing solid at the plate, you wouldn't want to mess with that. But what are you going to mess with? You're going to make him do worse at the plate? You can't, you can't, can't. can't do worse. Um, but the reason I like it is not only does he have speed, which is a purpose center field, not not only does he have a good arm, which I think is a purpose center field. Um, I think if we look at the future, Josh. You, you you asked, can this be a good thing? Hinting at Colton Kowser, and maybe we'll get there. But the other way this might be a good a good thing is if Mateo can get some regular playing time at center field and proves himself to be you know a an above good. average quality, yeah. Set center fielder. I don't feel like the long-term future for Jorge Mateo is the starting shortstop of the bottom Orioles. I, I've been arguing for a while now that I see him as the ideal super utility, late-inning pinch runner, um, can play everywhere. Like that's ideally where I see Jorge Mateo. Now, maybe I'm wrong because the Orioles have kind of strictly used him this year at shortstop. There's been opportunities where they could shift him to second base, right? For to make room for Joey Ortiz or for Gunnar Anderson to start a short. Right. But but no, like Mateo is this shortstop. Yes, you're right. It has been. So if so you that move makes, Mateo, you bring you wonder, up Ortiz and give Mateo a, a spot to prove he's that super utility guy that can play anywhere. The that, uh, the yeah, Ryan that, Flaherty of this generation. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Because I think long term, I think right now, Ortiz honestly is a better. I know we like Jorge Mateo's defense and he makes great plays, but he also makes dumb plays sometimes. And I think Jorge, um, and we we've already seen yeah. it in the small sample size. Joey Ortiz is excellent defensively, so I, I don't think we lose a thing at shortstop with Joey Ortiz defensively. And I think long term, just look at this team. Um, long term. Mateo, I think his place on the future of this team is that as is as a utility guy where he can play everywhere. Um, and he's done it. He's played yeah. in literally every position except for first and catcher in his career in the majors. So this might be a good opportunity to try Jorge in different positions as a way to kind of show his worth in the team. Um, but again, I don't know if they'll go that direction. I no, but, think that could be a possibility. You, you convinced me that with especially with Kowser not ready. And uh, that this could be an easy solution, even if just for a couple of days, even if it's just for the next two days. 
and then they yeah. got to figure something out to when they head out west this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do tomorrow and what they do for the rest of the week. If it's just the McKenna, I think the simple thing is to put McKenna in, in center for a couple of days. Right. The the more creative, more risky thing, I guess, would be to put Mateo out there. Um, and then I think the other possibility is Hayes. But that's it, right? There's no other Hayes. Mateo is an outside chance. McKenna, that's it for center, right? Right now? Yeah, unless you're, bringing up, unless you're bringing up Kowser or Kirsten. But and Kirsten's not playing center either. He's true, a corner outfield guy. So true, he's it would a corner be guy. Hayes or McKenna it, or Mateo. I don't yeah. see any world where they bring up Kirsten because they're so slow and deliberate about these about kind of proving themselves at each level. Yeah, I but think if, the, if they would, it would be Hammett left and Hayes at center. Yeah, I think the previous uh, administration, the Duquette Buck era, would have grabbed. They used to bring guys from from Double A all the time. I think the, well, the Orioles are doing things. Example, yeah, yeah. I think the Orioles are doing things a lot differently now, and I think part of it is analytics and uh, all the computer stuff that they have. That I mean, even at all these Triple A games, when the pitchers in the bullpen, they've got a computer down there watching them and stuff. There's lots of computers involved that's going to make you then go through each step and not just go the baseball eye of hey this guy's got it bring him up yeah and listen you can't we can't i can't criticize elias too much for this because he's proven himself to be really good yeah i mean how many number one prospects do you have to have in how many years to prove that he's good at drafting and developing players so and right i, I kind of trust elias here if he doesn't think her stats ready if he wants Chris to do triple a i'm actually okay with it here no, if if when we look at Elias's mistakes as GM of the Orioles, maybe we criticize him for not bringing Grayson up last year when he's ready. But he didn't know that injury was coming, and right. was just, he could have brought him up the week before that injury or two weeks before right. that injury. But sure, yeah. So, I mean, and and the, the frustrating thing about Cowser too, just like Grayson, we'll never know. We'll never know if Cowser was healthy. Kowser would have been caught up. We'll, we'll never yes. know. If Grayson was was healthy, would have been caught up that week. We, we'll just never know. Right. Well, and uh, even if we do, we don't know if he would have gotten caught up and just hurt himself there too. Yeah. Well, that's and then we would have been in worse shape. Yeah. All right. So we'll stay stay tuned on this story. And, and I guess we'll know a lot more. I think a lot of this will also depend on the severity of the injury. Right. I, I don't see them I'm making mean, a move on the 40 man if it's just going to no. be two weeks. Right. No, but they're gonna they're gonna make some type of move tomorrow, and my guess is that tomorrow's move is gonna be a pitcher or something. Maybe maybe Ortiz. It, it'll but be I don't Ortiz. think I think it'd be Ortiz. But maybe Ortiz, or I guess Ortiz makes the most sense. So you have that bench spot. But I my thought would be that Tuesday night you're gonna see McKenna in center. Yeah, I think that's that's likely. Yeah. Um, Josh, other stuff moving away just. Before we get to Grayson, injuries, we're talking about injuries. Um, John Means, it was talked that his rehab had a setback with his back, not really related to the surgery. So it's not it's not the arm or shoulder, right? just the back, but it's going to set it back. We were talking about a June. Now we're looking at maybe an August. John Means says August. John Means says he will. He plans on pitching this year, but maybe not to August. Does this, does this matter at all? To, no, to you. no. I want John Means back when he's healthy. Um, I'd rather him back 
I'd rather him deal with the back issue now rather than when he comes up here. I want when he comes up here, I want him healthy. The pitching has been surprisingly well. And if anything, it takes away an excuse for Michael Elias to not make a move. Go make a move and get us a top of the line pitcher. Don't count on John Means to come in and be that guy that you got without making a move. Yeah, no, I think the John Means combined with the Grayson struggles equals Shoei Itani. <laughs> <laughs> it equals, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know how many. I was, you know, you, we listened to the, my only. I listened to like this uh, baseball prospect podcast and I listened to Buster Olney. That's like my only I, yeah. kind of content with with reporters in baseball outside right. of the Orioles. And but from what they say is. There's going to be very few top pitching arms available at the trade deadline. Right. And I joke about Otani, but Otani is a rental. He's yeah. a free agent at the end of this year. And 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 here's the reality. If you just look at him as a rental, and we're not trying to resign him, because I think that's what it would be. If you want to get stupid here and talk about that kind of trade scenarios. He's, he's an expensive rental. Right. But no one in all of baseball has can make a better deal than the Orioles. Yes. Right? That is by correct. having the number one farm system. But the question is, if we make that deal, can we make the we have the money, we have the space. Yeah. Are we willing to make that money for the extension? Right. And the because otherwise no. huh? The answer is no. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's not I don't it, think so. It's a no. And so then Josh, are you willing to kind of go all in for one season, knowing it's just going to be one season. And I think Mike Elias, the answer is no. Because no. Mike Elias has been so deliberate about the and long-term plan for the Orioles. I, he wouldn't right. jeopardize that for one year. He wouldn't. No, he no. wouldn't. But And you know what would sting even worse? And my and what I don't want is you sign – let's say you give guys up. You get Otani – we go in the playoffs. We make a good push in the playoffs thanks to Otani. But he's just a rental, and next year he's on the Yankees. I don't want to see that. I don't want to get teased with Otani in uh, black and orange, and then he's wearing pinstripes. Yeah. I, I mean, we saw a mini version of this with the Andrew Miller tra- trade. Correct. Where, I mean, and we go back and forth, and I, I mean, I'm on the – it was a good It was a good trade. I was, I was fine with that trade. But then we had to go and face Eduardo Rodriguez, who we traded for Andrew Miller with, to the Red Sox, we had to, you know, face him <laughs> how many times every season, and he would kick our butt. So um, we had to prepare that the guys who trade for Otani is going to come back and kick our butts a bunch of times. But, but yeah, I, I think there could be an. But, but the Otani trade talk might be ridiculous. But when we talk about trades, we're not talking about. We talked about this last week, and this becomes more important now with the Grace Rodriguez stuff and the John Means. We're talking about a one or two starter. In the majors, correct. So it's yes. not going to be cheap. No, and I'm willing to pay for that. I we have the resources to pay for that. Yeah, and when we get closer, we'll talk names. It's too early to talk names because right. teams don't know if they're in or out. No, and I would argue that that the amount of Otani jerseys that you would sell, no matter how ugly they are, will help you out with that Otani signing. Yeah. Would you, Josh? You would buy Otani jersey, wouldn't you? Just to have a Tony Orioles jersey, you would have. Yes. Buy one. Well, buy one. yes, I'd buy one. Even if you knew it was only a six-month rental, you'd buy. One. I don't know if I'd do it for the rental. 
I would not do it for the rental. It almost makes it cooler if it's a rental. This novel, there's not. Oh, Tiny's going to play for 20 years, become a Hall of Famer, and everyone's going to forget that he played three months for the Orioles. All right, three months I'll pay. All right, all right. If we make any, if somehow Tiny wears black and orange uh, for the Orioles, not the Giants, I will get an Otani jersey. Yeah. You're right, even if it's a rental. All right. So hopefully, John Means comes back. Um, but like you know we're what? rolling what we have. Now now let's move on to more depressing news. Grace Rodriguez got beat up by um was by the Rangers and yes. was sent down. Josh, first, how do you feel about the decision to send Grace Rodriguez down and kind of the implications going forward for, for the team? Um it sucks, but well, we've seen this struggle of giving up big home runs and which and Hobie's so dominant and strike out and then he gives up a, a home run where the ball is just isn't doesn't place right like he's not it's not like he's purposely throwing the ball down the middle but it's like every now and then that pitch rises a little too high and it's gone so i see that and see that he's got some stuff to work on i see how the rest of our starting pitching is going i see how guys like Cole Irvin is pitching down in triple a and and i totally understand the move I mean, but this is common. This happens especially with pitchers where you send young guys up and down for a while until they get settled in. Yeah. So I don't I are, it, it how are you sucks. feeling about the future of Grace and Rodriguez at this point? Uh, are you asking me if he's Dylan Bundy? Josh, I've seen all over the place on Twitter, even he's like not Bird's a Eye View, who I love Bird's Eye View. I'm a fan of their podcast. There, I like how they keep it real, right? They keep it real, right? Um, as in not drinking the orange Kool Aid, like they'll tell you how it is. Yeah, even they don't like that, us when they, yeah, we drink the Kool Aid when they do. When they tweeted out that kind of Grace Rodriguez small setback, he'll be back in Baltimore and better than ever, or something like that. I was like, like that was the one that put me up top. Like everyone was saying, Grace Rodriguez is just going down for you know, whatever, a couple starts. He'll be back in Baltimore better than ever. Um, and I'm thinking the whole time, like, and maybe I'm too old for this thing, but I'm thinking, Josh, Dylan Bundy. I'm thinking, right. oh, Grace Rodriguez might be great. Yeah, great like Kevin Gossman, great like yep. Jake Arrieta, just for a different team. Like, I- I've seen how many Orioles' number one I prospects know. were pitchers and didn't work out, Right. You can go all the way back to Ben McDonald. Like, right. the optimism around Grace Rodriguez to me is befuddling, given, given the history of Orioles and pitching prospects. Now, I hope everyone's right. I hope all of Orioles Twitter's right, that this is a small step back. Grace will be right back. People forget how good Dylan Bundy was in the minors. Like, he had a streak of, like, 50 innings where he didn't give any runs. He was dominant. Um, in the minors and other pitchers have been dominant in the minors too. And it takes some pitchers like Kevin Gossman and Jake Arrieta takes a while to figure it out. Other people like Dylan Bundy never really figure it out. So do I hope that, you know, Grayson Rodriguez can figure it out? Yeah, I do. Do I hope his location gets better? I do. Am I like just fine with this? Oh, just a little setback. I'll be back next week. No, that's like that. I I am I am I am a little bit pessimistic, 
in the sense yes. that are a little bit questioning of the future of Grace Rodriguez at this point. And, and maybe I hope I'm like just, you know, suffering from, you know, some trauma in my, yeah, fandom, I think, in my past fandom, but I, I can't just say this is just fine. No, I think you have I'm a little, you definitely, right. And I think you definitely have a little PTSD uh, from poor Orioles pitching prospects I, our entire I life. Know it's, it's like, it's a different regime. Like there's no one employed when Dylan Bundy was employed within the team and pitching development, like get all of that. I, Still, it's I would have felt there more are comfortable with pitchers. I would have felt way more comfortable with him bouncing right back if the Orioles said, "Hey, he's got a blister. He's working home. We're sending him down." Or, "Hey, the ball's right." Or say, "Hey, be clear with, hey, here's what we, he's going to work on in the minors." I'd feel a little better. Um, I'm hoping there's some guys who pitched well down in Norfolk, like I mentioned earlier, Cole Irvin, D.L. Hall. I'd like to see maybe them get an opportunity through this. I it yeah, also I mean, would not Josh, why it's also both starting a game in a couple of days when you have Corbin and DL Hall. I mean, I think DL Hall actually has been dealing with something. I don't think he's been pitching. I've been looking at box scores and I, I don't think DL okay. Hall's been pitching. And they said they're gonna kind of limit his 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 innings too. So I, I think there's something going on with DL Hall, but Corbin. Maybe the starts just didn't line up th- this week for Cole Irvin to get the the ball. But why didn't Cole Irvin get the start instead of Austin Both? I sure um, that. but I don't know. My 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 take on this is as far as why he struggled. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because we just saw Tyler Wells pitch really well, and his stuff is like half as good as Grace Marika's. Right. The problem is, you you mentioned it, and it's, I think it's as simple. Maybe it's not. I think it's as simple as location. Yeah. We saw, it reminds me of, you know, Aaron Judge hit that home run, game time home run on, on what, Tuesday. No, on Batista. And, and it was a hanging splitter right down the freaking middle, right? right. Batista he actually pitched, pitched against, um, what was it, a couple of days ago against Texas on Sunday. That was great, Batista. The the yes. splitter was dropping out of the zone. The fastball was rising out of the zone. Unhittable, Batista. Yeah. The ball he threw the judge was literally a splitter that just stayed right in the middle of the plate. Yes. And when he hit that, I was like, "That's a terrible pitch." Right. And I also thought, like, "That's that's Grace Rodriguez." But Batista it does is. it once every five days. Grace Rodriguez does it five once times. every game. Five yeah. times every inning. Um, like right. I feel like just Batista. I mean, I feel like Grace Rodriguez has so Real many quick. pitches that just end up going right down the middle. Um, yeah. That the hitters just wait for it, and they just kind of foul off pitches and try to kind of not hit the good stuff or the hard stuff and wait for you know a mistake. And Grace Rodriguez has right. a lot more mistake pitches than a Tyler Tyler, Tyler Wells. So I think it's as, as simple as location stuff. But I say as simple as if it was that simple, you would have figured it out by now. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, with that Batista pitch to judge, I don't know why you don't – you got Batista up there. Why do you not just throw the fastball every time? Oh, man. He clearly why, didn't have a good feel for the splitter. And right. so, yeah. You're trying to overthink it if you're going back to that splitter. Yeah, but but again, he was a splitter on against Texas, and it was dominant. Like no one even got within a. When, when the splitter works, 
it's a it's a beautiful thing. But Correct. the fastball, I feel like, is almost always there. The splitter is sometimes there, <laughs> which is so maybe for Aaron Judge, if you don't have a good feel for the splitter, yeah, I'm with you. Don't you throw just it. throw that ball hard. Yeah, just throw it. Just throw it. Throw it 102 and see what happens. Yeah, and if I'd it's rather like, him hit, hit 102 mile power fastball up in the zone than hit a right. hanging splitter. I'd rather Correct. get beat with the 102 mile power fastball. Exactly. But yeah, and that's that's where you want to see Grayson. But you're right; we've seen people have the stuff like Gosman and not be able to put it together for years. I mean, even yet, yet your Cano, Josh, that kid is 29. Right. <laughs> we, well, like, no, 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 no. He might be the best reliever in baseball. He's 29. No, no, no. But 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 you get but Cano's different because of the Cuban side. Okay, still though. He he was banned he was banned from the stepping on a baseball field for a year. Right. In but, Cuba. But, but but where was so, he two two years ago with the twins? Like he wasn't he wasn't this he wasn't this guy. Or no. I mean the twins would never traded Lopez for him and another guy. I think like three other guys actually, and him, if they knew it was this guy, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, he had a nine-two-two uh, ERA with Minnesota. Yeah, he wasn't this guy. <laughs> and and eight, eighteen sixty-nine with uh, with the Orioles last year. Yeah, he, he was not a point nine eight guy last year. Yes. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about. But, I mean, I'm saying we don't need to revisit. But, but the fact is, these pitchers sometimes it clicks later. But with Grayson, you hope it clicks soon. Though I mentioned this in the offseason. How many times have I talked about this in the offseason? When you rely on young players, the risk increases. Right. When you rely on guys who have no track record, and Grayson had no track record in the majors, the risk increases. You just open yourself up to more risk. Um, and so far, I mean, the, the risk is, it's been an up and down year for, for Grayson. And at this point, though, you could argue, and I would argue, I care less about how Grayson's pitching in May. I care more about how he's pitching in August, September. Yeah. So, just like, right. Right. Just like means. Yeah. This is something we we're, we're, we're fine now. Yeah. I don't want him to. I don't want him to lose confidence now and it struggle all year when we're okay now. We don't need Grayson. It'd be nice to have Grayson, but we don't need a bad Grayson. We need a good Grayson yeah. when you're ready. Yeah, and so in the meantime, Josh, I do hope this means that Cole Irvin at some point gets the call up whenever that is. I think is gotta be, he's got to be whatever the next start is. I imagine, I imagine he goes uh, on this West Coast trip, so maybe San Francisco. Because what do we if, have? We have uh, two more games against Cleveland at home. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I don't think Vault is a long term answer here. I think Vault's going to pitch on Wednesday. I think um, Wednesday is still listed as TBD. Yeah, it's going to be both. I think the and question is, are they going to do like a, tomorrow? Yeah, are they going to do an opener situation where they have someone pitch an inning and then bring in both, or does both start it? But I think both is the guy who's going to pitch the majority of innings in that game. Um, and then I'm, I would imagine Cole Irvin happens after that, but I guess we'll see. Um, they have it kind of works out well for them, right? Because now, now they have an off day on Thursday, um, and then they have another off day on that Monday. So you could rock with forcers because the two off days. 
So right. You want to. It might it might be Cole Irvin on Wednesday. Because Brandon Hyde said that both will either start or serve as a bulk reliever for Wednesday. Which means opener. Which means, uh, yeah, opener. Yeah, yeah. It's, Cole Irvin's not the opener. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that by bulk re- reliever, like it, Baker. it means... Brian means, Baker it, to start. It means you're going to do a little piggybacking is what you're saying. I mean, Brian Baker to start and throw an inning, and then both comes in and throws four. Gotcha. Yeah, piggybacking. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm curious to see. And I don't – and you know what? I think everyone's going to be tweeting out Grayson Rodriguez starts and, like, his – how every his, – his, his strikeout rate and – how many runs he gives up in, in Norfolk. I, I don't care. I don't, no. I don't care about the numbers. Norfolk numbers don't matter at this point. Yeah. I know, I know he can dominate triple A. I, I, I mean, the Orioles I know have, cause they're really meticulous with this stuff. I know the Orioles have a plan for Grayson. Grayson needs to do the stuff right to warrant him back to the majors. I just hope he gets back here quickly, but I don't care about stats. I, I, I think the Orioles are looking past stats to look at, you know, ball location and hard hit rate and that stuff. And that's what I care about more than just the stat line with Grayson. So we'll see. Totally. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So bad weekend. Some bad pitching with Grayson. We've dealt with that. We dealt with the bad stuff. We dealt with John Means setback. Dealt with Cedric Mullins injuries. But we're still 14 games above 500. We are. And we made it through. Yeah. We have There's another a few... topic I want to get to, but I'll, I'll hold it for next week. Well, what's the topic? Well, this is dumb. But against the Yankees, when we had we, that... We, we, we've never not had... We've never avoided dumb topics. So let's get well, to this dumb topic. Well, what was it? It was the seventh inning or something or eighth inning where we scored seven runs. Do you remember yes. that inning against the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's not a big deal. They just put a graphic up there on Masson, and it said it was the most runs scored against the Yankees or at Yankee Stadium since 1912 by the franchise since 1912 when the St. Louis Browns did it. The St. Louis Josh, Browns are not using? the Baltimore Orioles. We were the Milwaukee Brewers in the in like 1890s. Then we yeah. went to the St. Louis Browns until like the 30s or whatever, 40s. Right. That's then, not us. Then we became the Baltimore Orioles. That's How, in 1954, right? Yeah, yeah, in the 50s. 1954, whatever that is, when the Orioles became the Baltimore Orioles is when your stats go to. Right. Isn't that you don't go I, further I feel back? weird no. about calling upon the 1912 St. Louis. You know what it reminds me of? It, it, it's football. It's football. Remember when the Colts left? And went to Indianapolis. They took all our stuff with. They took all the Colts stuff with them, and suddenly they were the Colts, and they took the Colts history with them. When the Ravens came to town, we were very clear of, "Hey, we're the Ravens. All that Brown history stays in Cleveland." Yeah. The Orioles need to do the same thing. The yeah. Orioles stats and all these nerds with their stats. It starts in 1954. I think I had that year right. Right. When yeah, the Orioles came right. to Baltimore. 1954. You're, you're you're right. And with baseball, I think it's more prominent because. Well, Josh, what in was the, the offseason, by the way, in the offseason, there's a guest I want to get on the show. I know we debate kind of having guests on the show. There's one guy I want to get, and I want to get him, and I'm, I'm going I'm to get him. 
and that's the author of the Ballpark Mysteries book for kids. Uh, okay. <laughs> my, that me and Sasha hey, are reading through. We can we can do a little bonus episode with him anytime you want. Okay, um, because we're reading a lot about like he gets into the history of baseball and some of these stuff, and like if you talk about teams and their histories, if you go back to the early 1900s, Josh, these teams are moving around. So the Washington Senators existed like four different times and then moved to different places. Like the the history in the night, it's just what it's just it's it's chaos. All these team names and switches and stuff. It's just weird to me when you reference a St. Louis Brown stat on Masson. All right, but, but, but but we're in agreement. The Orioles' history begins in 1954 with the oh, Baltimore's. And stats are annoying. I think it was in Toronto when Mate- when Mount Castle hit that um, three-run home run. I believe that was the home run. And on the TV, they said, this is the youngest Oriole player to hit a home run in the Sky Dome or whatever it's called since 1970 or something. When we all know for a fact that Machado did it 10 years ago during yeah. the playoffs. But because yeah. it was postseason, it doesn't count in their stats. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It happened. Who cares if it's postseason or regular season? It happened. Yeah. Now, I, and I think some of the, I think the history stuff is a lot of fun. Like, I, I again, I wish the Orioles would do more stuff with their history. And it was fun going to the Atlanta Braves Stadium and going on their whatever they call it that Walk of Fame. I don't know what they call it. The thing behind home plate. Very cool. Yeah. And you get to the beginning of like the history of the Braves. And you read about like the Boston Bean Eaters, they used yeah. to be called, or something. And then oh. like it was, and it was, I mean, for a long time, right? There was like twelve iterations of Boston teams, right? There was the Boston Braves, the Boston yes. Bees, the Boston Bean Eaters, and then eventually they they moved to, actually, I think they moved to Milwaukee, Milwaukee Braves, and then moved to Atlanta. But I, I and so it's cool to kind of see that history laid out. Can you tell? Can I tell you something about that history that bugged me? But I also, you, yeah, go ahead. Did you read all the plaques? I read a lot of the pra- plaques. I didn't all, read right. all of them. I read a lot. All of the them. way at the end, on the right hand side, yeah, there's a plaque about Native Americans. Okay. All right. Now, clearly, this is there. Oh, here we go. They are the, because oh, they are the Atlanta Braves, right? And they don't want to get canceled like the Indians and like the Redskins. Gosh, you can get so they're sucking up a little. Here's I'm the nervous. problem. I'm nervous about this. It's talking about a game. It's talking about a game that the Native Americans played that turned into baseball. Sure. Yeah. No. But then I look at the photos and the game the Native Americans are playing did not turn into baseball. It turned into lacrosse. It turned into lacrosse. Yeah. But the Atlanta Braves are trying to picture it as that game turned into baseball. Oh, I. Because they wanted to find some way to put Native Americans into their history uh, board thing to try to not get canceled, I assume. Because I don't know how they can get away with the tomahawk and everything else there in today's world. Yeah. Uh, so. You're opening up a can of, a can of worms. <laughs> you're sitting I don't want to but I do know, like, I yeah. Okay, fine. I'm just uh, saying, yeah. I, know, I know that game turned into lacrosse. I'm familiar that lacrosse comes from Native American kind of culture and their yes. games. I don't know the connection between Native Americans and baseball, if there is. I don't know that connection. I'm, I'm, I'm unaware 
of the history of Native Americans within the sport of baseball? Um, I don't know either, but I know that in the pictures, the guys are playing lacrosse. Okay. Fair, That's fair what enough. I know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm sure Native Americans have baseball teams and everything. Yeah. And I know that some Native Americans have gone and played I've in the played Major baseball. baseball. Sure. Yes. 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 But they were presenting it as lacrosse is baseball. Yeah. You remind me too, Josh. We need to, we used to have book talks on here. We need to get back to our book talks. I guess we can wait to the offseason. Right. Yeah. You want me to I, go to, since we're on this, uh, since we're on this sketchy subject, you want me to go to Target and pick up some books? No, I, I yeah, have yourself. Take us a book to Target and grab a down, Bud Light. Crack open a Bud Light um, <laughs> and enjoy your reading. No, I I just picked up a, a a dad will be proud. I picked up a biography of Brooks Robinson from the library. I'm just going Ooh. to crack open. All right, um, maybe I've got a I've got a biography sitting here of a baseball player as well that I haven't had a chance to get to yet. Okay, what's that? Bo Jackson. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So we could do a we could do a bi- biography off. Yeah. I just finished that book everyone's talking about with the, I don't know if everyone's talking about it. People in our family are talking about, about the, the short stringers and the long stringers. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Where this? I don't know what you're talking about. No. All right. What's the book? I, I don't know what it's called. It's, it's called, I don't know. It's, it's about and when you turn 22 at your door is a box and you open the box and the length of the, of the string equals the length of your life. Who's talking about this? Laura read it, then gave it to dad. Dad read it, and he gave it to me, and I just read it. So you've been left out of the loop, Josh. Everyone in our family is going to come to Bell Vacation having this background knowledge of having read this book about short stringers and long stringers, and you're, and you're the last one who's read it. I am still struggling through uh, fairy tale. Really? You have yeah. saying that? I, I went hard in December on it, and then life happened, and I fell behind, and I started it again yesterday at the beach. So I'm going to try to wrap it up this week. It's called The Measure. That's The book is called The Measure, by the way. All right. I'll avoid it. All right. Well, no, thank you. It's going to be the talk of the town and family vacation, so you're going to miss out. Maybe I'll skip that too. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. We've gone long. We got off topic. There's The problem is there's too much Orioles content to talk about, so I can't get off topic anymore. No, and I got to sneak it in sometimes. No, we, we, but, but I also know that part of our listener base wants us to get off topic all the time. Well, I just complain so it's a balance. you shouldn't do a podcast more than an hour because I don't have time to listen. And now we just are go, about to go an hour and 10 or something. No, I'm going an hour 10. You're going about an hour. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. You, you signed off for a little bit and I had to, thankfully I had Topper here to help yeah, me out. You, yeah. You and Topper. I mean, I can. I think next week I'll just take like 20 minutes off. I'll go to the bathroom, get a drink. And you no, no, I, just take it. I almost called you this week uh, after the New York game saying, hey, let's hop on live sometime after some of these games. Yeah, there's some amazing games against the Yankees. So I think we should I think we should hop on and do a little post game, a little bit kind of like Bird Down tonight, but do it here as Section 336 once in a while. Yeah, no, I could be up for that, especially if the games can end at like 9 o'clock. I could be up yeah, for that. we will not be doing it in for the road trip next weekend. Oh, is that a West Coast trip? Next yeah, we go to San Francisco. So Friday night's a 10-10 start. Uh, and then Saturday is a Saturday night special, 10-15 start. Or no, 10-15 on Friday, 10-05 on Saturday, 4-05 on Sunday. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I talked to Emily today. We were talking about kind of our summer plans. And I, we, it's marked on the calendar now, Josh. Um, June 22nd, yeah. I'm going to Wilmington to see them play Aberdeen. I just hope it's a doubleheader. I just hope um, Jackson Holiday is still there. June 22nd? On June You're going 22nd. to Wilmington? Wilmington, yeah. On okay. our way to Richmond. All right. I think that is when I'm going. I think it's the 23rd. I'm going to Baltimore. Are you going to sneak up from Richmond to Baltimore for any games that weekend? Um, yeah, we've talked about it. Nothing set in plans, but we'll be at Richmond from the kind of the 22nd to like the 28th or something. And so I'll, I think if I can go to Baltimore one of those days, um, a couple of those days. Yeah, I'm going to be 23rd, 24th are the two games I'm looking at maybe getting up to. Probably oh, really? 24th. I'll probably be able to get to the 24th that Saturday. And then um, okay, and then the first I'm looking at going to as well. Or the th- uh, 30th or the probably the 30th. Okay. Probably the 24th and the 30th I'm looking at going to. And then uh, Tampa. You, I want you to come down to Tampa for July 22nd. All right, yeah, I got to talk to Emily about that. A lot of Oriole fans coming down because the Orioles are playing so well. Yeah. So if any 336ers want to join us in Tampa, let me know. You join Josh in Tampa. I'm a maybe. You're, um, you're a maybe, but you told me the distance for you to drive to Tampa, and I'll tell you that's shorter than my drive to Atlanta. Yeah. Well, and probably shorter than some drives of making to some of these minor league games. Correct. I went Correct. to Rome, Georgia this past weekend. So weekend. there's a large uh, Facebook group up to 65 uh, Oriole fans sitting together right now. Oh, so nice. I'm going to join that group and hoping you can join as well. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. All right, cool. Anything else you want to plug? Any Berlin sports stuff you want to get out? Get uh, shirts, are, shirts are still coming out. You can get the R-City shirts. They, they're very popular, a lot more popular than I expected, even with the uh, Twitter trash. So go check that out. Um, I made some more Charm City shirts as well as Kyle Bradish has a shirt that came out yesterday. And uh, Mrs. Bradish ordered it uh, last night and messaged me. And by oh, nice. Mrs. Bradish, I mean his mom. Uh, fair enough. I don't know if Kyle's married or not, but good yeah, for the mother. I, I think he is. But the mom messaged me loving it. So yeah, yeah. I think if, if I think I prefer shirt about me. I think my mom would be the first person I, to order it. I, I definitely, great. I definitely prefer hearing from the moms rather than the wives. The moms are more fun and more appreciative. I, think. I can imagine mothers love to see their sons on t-shirts. I yeah. that's a fact. I think that's a, a universal truth. Yep. Um, over on iTunes, if you can give us a review, we greatly appreciate that. We haven't read some in a while, and I've got one for you. All My right, favorite you O's pod by JB in the Deville. Started listening here and there during the rebuild. Been listening every week since last year. Look forward to new episodes every week. Enjoy the O's talk, but also the personal stories about attending games PS5 scams, and the like. Thanks for the great content. Like I said, we have to get off topic sometimes. Our, our listeners like it and enjoy it. All right. Fair enough. Um, I also don't think that we read this one that came in from Matt Kinney, a bird in Beantown. As an Orioles fan that now lives in Boston, it's hard to find people that care about the birds enough to hear me talk about them. Listening to your conversations, commentary, and takes for an hour gives me an outlet that I'm sure my Red Sox fan wife appreciates. I just ordered a shirt from the Birdland Sports Store to support the pod. Keep up what you're doing. So we appreciate that. Show shirts are available over on birdlandsports.com. Just search section 336 or click on the podcast tab. Yeah, we always 
I mean, I always appreciate listeners in enemy territory. So props to him for listening. And I, in Boston, I mean, I I, yeah. I have to put up with. I just was out of Memorial Day cookout today, and people talking about the Braves. Uh, I was like, "Where's the O's talk here? I need some O's talk. Enough of this Braves talk." And I gotta say, you can go and support us over at section three thirty six dot com. Click support if you want to support us through uh, PayPal or uh, Patreon. I think you can even Venmo us there. And then I did get some messages about saying they'd like to get in on our private game chat. Oh, so really? that's something okay. we got to talk and see if more people are interested. So if you're interested in being in the text thread that Matt and I have for every or almost every single Oriole game, good and bad, uh, message us and let us know. And we might open that up to some special supporters. That's fine. I, I just say so many outrageously dumb things on there. I, yes. I'm nervous. I don't want you have to, to screenshot me. I just say stupid stuff. Okay. Right. If you're joining, you got to remember that you're being brought into the circle of trust. <laughs> Where Matt and I will say things just to annoy each other. Things we don't even believe. Yes. But we just say. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I want to, and then I got to thank, as I'm closing this out, last thing, I want to thank uh, JD, who messaged me that he is sending me a Ryan Mount Castle bobblehead as they gave him away this past week. Oh, very so, good. You know, yeah, you I collect that, bobbleheads. That, uh, that Adley Rutschman bobblehead? What about it? Are you, I mean, you're, you're the bobbleheads connoisseur here. Oh, the City have, Connect? No, 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 no. The um, Captain America, I'd be working bobblehead. Oh, yes. That, um, well, you know, Captain America is also my guy. I got two Captain Americas sitting over here with oh, the bobblehead. Oh, yeah. So, so it's right up your alley. So, yes, the Adley Captain America bobblehead I, I will need. I will need all the Felix Batista bobblehead. And I did give in to Foco and pay the $80 for a Gunnar Henderson City Connect bobblehead. 80 bucks for bobblehead. I know. I know. Uh, they suckered me in last year with the John Means no-hitter. And they take like six months to deliver. Oh, too. do they? Yeah. Because they sell them. They do the smart thing. They sell them all, and then they say, okay, let's make them. Let's yeah, get all your money, and then we'll make them and send them to you. Yeah, yeah. So they did sucker me in with that. But you got anything to plug, Matt? Or you want to wrap this up? Because I just gave a whole bunch of plugs. I got nothing to plug. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. That's my plug at section three three six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka at Birdland Sports. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Oats.